What's up, NFL fans? Connor McCarthy here, as always, with my co-host, Blake Pace. Another week in the NFL, a couple upsets, including the huge win of the 49ers over the Jaguars, <laughs> which I can't emphasize enough. But uh, what do you think, Blake? Yeah, it was a, it was a good week. Yeah, um, like you said, you know, congrats on picking, picking good old Jimmy G. Um, I really didn't expect that. He looked great. But, um, never bet against him. Never been against him. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see about that later this week if you do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, you ready to get into it? I think uh, yeah. you got your segment. No, we are going to bring it back this week. Oh, yeah. We, we forgot last week with the 14. So I apologize to everyone who wears jersey number 14. Um, it's an it's a inconvenience that yeah, you got. Ryan, Ryan Grant will never forgive you. <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll do number 15s. Uh, there are not that many. Not that many that are that great, honestly. I mean, there's a few good ones. There are three quarterbacks in the league that wear number fifteen. Can you uh, any any odds? You you got any of them for yeah, me? Any any odds that I have any of them for you? Uh, see, I, I, as I struggle every week, Blake has to give me some hints. G- give me a couple hints on these fifteens because that's just uh, a number that I am not educated in. Uh, so one of these quarterbacks was supposed to come in, and the team was supposed to go zero and sixteen, but they actually Josh won a few McCown. games. Yep, Josh McCown. I, you know what? I I have wanted to say Josh McCown right off the bat. I just wasn't sure. Keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. This other quarterback was drafted in the first round. Hasn't played a game of football this year. Uh, sitting behind another starter. Uh, behind another, uh, are you talking about Patrick Mahomes? Yep, Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. Uh, yep. And then the third quarterback is the backup in Baltimore. The, oh, is it Castle? Is he nope. So, uh, uh, what's his name? Okay, you got me. I forgot, his, I forgot his backup. Good old Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett. Yep, those two remind me of each other a little bit. Both uh, ex-Patriots uh, backups, right? Mm-hmm, yep. All right. And uh, for receivers, we got a few good ones. This one tore his ACL in Jacksonville at the beginning of the year. Allen Robinson. Yep. Uh, this guy was a former Redskin, former Colt. Now, in, uh, now is out for the season also. Pierre Garçon. Pierre Garçon in San Francisco. Uh, this wide receiver was on the Jets last year. Uh, also out for the season. Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, yep. Uh, top receivers in Oakland and Detroit. Michael Crabtree and Marvin no, Marvin Jones is the top receiver. Is he 15? Uh, I think Golden Tate. I'd say oh, he's the top Golden receiver Tate. there. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Marvin Jones. But it, it oh, okay. can go either way. I like Golden Tate too. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They have their own skill sets. Different skill it, sets. Those are those are the big guys. I mean, John Ross, first round pick in Cincinnati, didn't really do anything this year. Uh, Will Fuller in Houston had a few hot games with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad. Uh, KJ Brent for the Indianapolis Colts. Brandon Tate for the Bills. Uh, Chris Hogan for the Patriots. Oh, actually, yeah, that was one. That I Another fifteen. Uh, Josh Bellamy in Chicago, and then Nick Williams from Atlanta. And those are those are your fifteens in the NFL. Well, it's good to know. Good to know the 15 has a couple good ones out there. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think we're ready to go straight into our topics. And like we mentioned earlier, Jimmy G is going to be one of our first topics. Where would the 49ers be if Jimmy Garoppolo had been the starter from week one? Uh, over the past four games he started, he has 1,268 yards, five TDs, a 98.9 rating, 
and uh, a rushing touchdown. So uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and take this one first, Blake. Where would the 49ers be? They'd definitely be better. <laughs> that, that's what I could say. Um, you know, they're still in a really tough division, and they had some early games that I still think they you know would have struggled to win, even with Jimmy G. Um, week one against Carolina, I think Carolina's defense is, is very good, and they have a good offense, and I still think they would have lost that one. You know, maybe they win that Seahawks game in week two. Um, you know, honestly, they probably could have beaten the Rams week three with how high scoring that was. Could have beat the Cardinals as well. Could have beat the Colts. I think they could have beaten the Redskins and the Cowboys. I still think they lose to the Eagles. Um, you know, divisional game with the Cardinals that they also lost early on. So that's a big difference. Um, another uh, Seattle game that would have been closer. Um the NFC is so tough that I don't I don't want to say that they'd be in the playoffs, but they'd be so much closer, and they'd be one of those fringe teams maybe playing in this last week to get in the playoffs. I mean, Jimmy G has totally changed this team around, you know. Even though their defense isn't the best, and, you know, their offensive line isn't great, and the weapons on receiver aren't that great either, he's done a lot with the with the offensive scheme with Shanahan, and they would have been a lot closer to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I first thought I was going to do this segment, I thought I was just going to go into the schedule and say the... 49ers pretty much go 16-0 when I, <laughs> when I talk about Then I look at the actual schedule, and they do have a tough division. It would have been hard to win some of these games. I wrote the game, down the games that I think would switch, that they would actually have won. I think they would have beaten the Colts. Mm-hmm. I think they would beat the Cardinals twice. I actually, Watching the game, I said they would have beaten the Redskins if Jimmy G had been there because the Redskins mm-hmm. didn't, didn't have a good game when they played them. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks, I think they would have won at least one game against the Seahawks. Maybe a shot against the Panthers, but I I would favor the Panthers. So I'm talking about possibly if they win next week against, um, I think they're playing the Rams, which mm-hmm. possibility still up in the air. Uh, I think this would make it t- t- uh, possibly a 10 win, maybe an 11 win team if they had had Jimmy G in the beginning. And mm-hmm. this is all speculation, of course. We we don't know how they would have actually turned out and everything. But like you said, I, they would have been a much better team and been hanging around. Maybe some of those games at the beginning of the year when they were only losing by one possession, they would flip the other way. So I, I think this team would have been better, and I'm really excited for next year, but I think next year is really the year the 49ers are going to start to come together and be a legitimate playoff contender. Oh, exactly. And, you know, some of these middle-tier free agents in the offseason, they're going to see what Jimmy G did, you know, the past few weeks, and they're going to want to play in Kyle Shanahan's offense with that quarterback. You know, there are some good uh, wide receivers in the market. Allen Robinson potentially could be there. Um, there are a couple other guys. And on the defense, they got some young talent that's only going to get better. Reuben Foster, if he stays healthy. Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner. Got to help out the secondary a little bit more. But, you know, this 49ers team could be a legit um, playoff threat next year. Uh, it, it definitely can. And, I, I mean, putting up 44 points against the Jaguars, I know there's pick six involved in there and everything. Well, I mean, that's just something that most people, I know you included, and even me, I didn't think was really possible against a defense of that caliber. I mean, they really did pick them apart for most of the day, and they showed some weaknesses. And I do believe that them having such early success, Jimmy G going out there and leading a long drive for, uh, that ended in a touchdown to begin the game, it really deflated Jacksonville on the sideline. You saw them uh, having controversy on the sideline with players getting in fights and su- things such as this. And this is really something that I've kind of suspected out of the Jaguars all year. I, I think that they, they're still such a young team, and they're not used to having this much success. And sometimes they can be a little arrogant and if they start getting beat I think they get down on themselves a little too quickly and Bortles can't uh, bail them out every week I mean like, he had a couple good games in there but he's still Blake Bortles and I think he he's had a good season but he's never going to be the reason that the Jaguars win and if their defense falls apart like they did against the 49ers they're going to be in trouble in the playoffs 
Well, see, and my, my thought with that was in that game, I thought that was more Blake Bortles' fault that they lost. You yeah, know, they there did. Was, they there did. Was some big, uh, cost, they, there were some costly turnovers. There. Yeah, you know, he got behind. They got behind so early on because of some bad turnovers. There was the pick six in the first half. Um, they did make a comeback, in, you know, the latter part of the third and fourth quarter. But, you know, Blake Bortles put them in that hole. Jimmy G did. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take away from Jimmy G. He did a fantastic job in that game um, against what I think is one of the best defenses of all time. But, um,. I really think that they, the Jags really got into that hole because of Blake Bortles' play early on, and you know that kind of set them back for a while. You know you're 100% right. Blake Bortles did put them in a horrible position, but that's no excuse for the defense letting up a first, uh, for the Jaguar, or the 49ers' first drive to be a touchdown, which was about over 70 yards, mm-hmm. and the first drive of the second half, the 49ers uh, scored a long touchdown too. So uh, those long drives you can't put on Blake Bortles, but no, some other things, yeah, Blake Bortles definitely put him in a bad position, and that's something that we came to expect of Blake Bortles over the years. But he had kind of put some critics to rest over the past couple of weeks, but they're going to come right back uh, as the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. So definitely a huge win for the 49ers and disappointing loss for the Jaguars, but yeah. uh, I think the Jaguars will need to get together before the playoffs. On to our next subject. So, uh, as we talked about before um, the show, there's a bunch of coaches that are on the hot seat, and uh, plenty of firings are going to happen over the season as every off season. So, I'm going to start with you, Blake. Uh, I guess we'll alternate from coach to coach. Well, what what, what coaches do you think are going to be uh, fired this season? This off well, season? well, it was just announced um, an hour ago that uh, Bruce Arians will be leaving the Cardinals. Um, He'll be stepping down as head coach for the Cardinals at the end of the season, which is, you know, a big one. And he'll, if he wants to coach again, I know he's old. He might consider retirement. He's, I think, he's an amazing head coach. And honestly, you know, he's he's one guy that'll definitely get a job if he wants to continue coaching. But the first guy I'll start with is uh, Chuck Pagano in Indianapolis. I think he is the the most certain coach right now to be fired. Um, this is a whole new management in Indianapolis um, when they brought in Chris Ballard and they kept Chuck Pagano, but it, it was clear that it wasn't really his coach. Um, it wasn't Ballard's coach. And uh, yeah. the team really likes him. Um, he's, a, he's a really great guy. He grew up uh, through Baltimore. And um, unfortunately, I think his time as a head coach in Indianapolis is done. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I, it's the only problem I've seen with this. Andrew Luck is a tremendous talent. And when he's on the field, the culture is so much better as a whole. We've said that. Mm-hmm. But a sign of a great coach is being able to get through um, that adversity sometimes. And he's had a couple opportunities to maybe win some games and everything, but they just can't stay afloat without Andrew Luck. And it, it looks bad on a coach when that happens. And maybe it's mm-hmm. not always it's not always his fault because, I mean, drafting, stuff like that, you don't always get the best talent. But as a coach, it just looks bad when you depend so much on one player. But, um, yeah. I'm yeah, and keep going, uh, you go one thing one thing that I would say just um, if Bruce Arians likes if he wants to continue coaching, he had tremendous success in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck. He brought out probably some of the best play of Andrew Luck's career so far, and so that's one thing that I'd really keep an eye out on. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting. To, I mean, uh, I agree with you. Bruce Arians, I think, is a great coach. I think he got into some uh, unlucky situations and with the Cardinals. And I, I've said it before, I, the Cardinals are one of the most disappointing teams to me just because I think they had just such a high uh, ceiling and they just they fell apart. They mm-hmm. fell apart over the past couple of years and it's a lot of self-implosion and I don't really blame it on Arians. 
But I'll go on to my coach that I think is going to get fired. I think uh, Marvin Lewis has to be done in Cincinnati. I really He's been there for 15 years, has zero playoff wins. He's had seven winning seasons. But when you don't win uh, when it matters, it really just it, it looks bad in you as a coach. And they've really taken a step back over the past two years. Um, after having a 12-win season to, a couple years ago and making the playoffs, then losing in the playoffs with A.J. McCarron at quarterback and the whole Vontez Burfitt for set and uh, – Adam Jones situation where they got a couple penalties against the Steelers late that allowed them to win. It, the organization just seems to be going downhill, and I think that they may need a whole overhaul just to uh, really see what they um, need to do going forward. I don't know if Andy Dalton is the permanent solution at quarterback for them going forward. Uh, they still have a tremendous receiver in A.J. Green. They have some potential on the defensive line. They still have Geno Adkins and Carlos Dunlap, but this team is just – such a mediocre team and disappoints every year and Marvin Lewis that's really kind of been his legacy in uh, Cincinnati so I think it's time to look for a new face of this organization mm-hmm. and well I mean I don't mean to kind of just say that this has already happened but well Cincinnati I mean Marvin Lewis announced a couple weeks ago that he's stepping down from the team so uh um, yeah he announced so he's already gone he announced that a couple weeks ago that this would be his final season in Cincinnati so he's not going to be fired he's just going to resign um he said that I think two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I should have said um, that in the beginning, honestly. But still, I just mm-hmm. I think that if he wasn't retiring, it would have been his end anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's a yeah, that's another guy that that, that team just needs some a new face. Um, going next, I I would like to say uh, Dirk Cutter in Tampa. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to be gone. Um, the groomers are swirling up again, and 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 as much as I may not think that John Gruden deserves maybe another shot as an NFL head coach this late into his life. Um, he's doing great in broadcasting, you know, however, you know, he's, he has a different career path right now. Um, there seems to be a lot of rumblings with that. And I would, I, I truly wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay brought back John Gruden, you know, he's from Tampa, grew up there. He has a great connection with the team. He has a great connection with Jameis Winston. And, um, I really think that Dirk Cutter, it's its just not working out. There's a lot of, you know, upset people in the locker room, um, especially on the defensive end, people upset about playing time. Um, I think that Dirk Cutter will be fired, and, you know, I, I truly wouldn't be surprised if John Gruden does, you know, accept a job with the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, um, I saw something that since Gruden had left uh, the Buccaneers, there hasn't been a coach that's made it more than three years there. It's mm-hmm. been a volatile position, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if Gruden goes back because, I mean, he is really beloved by the Tampa Bay organization, and hopefully he'll be able to save him somehow because, he, you're right, he does really like James Winston. Uh, I think he could develop him a little bit, but, I mean, it's also a volatile position to the point where sometimes it's the team that's the fault, maybe not the head coach, and it would be kind of devastating if Gruden came in there and he looked bad too if he uh, – wasn't able to produce a couple winning seasons for the Buccaneers, and then he went out. And then the Buccaneers would truly be lost if they had a coach that they held so highly up that won a Super Bowl for him to come in there and still have the success. It would speak to deeper problems within the organization than just the head coach position. Mm-hmm, definitely. definitely. So uh, one of my last guys that I think needs to be fired is uh, Mike Malarkey for the Titans. I mm-hmm. think that he needs to go. Uh, I mean, this team has taken a clear step back, even though they still have a winning record. Mariota has looked very bad this season the defense hasn't looked as great their exotic smash mouth offense hasn't looked good at all i think derrick henry still has some talent and demarco murray have talent but they haven't been able to use their players the way i think that they can't they can they haven't maxed their potential 
and I, I think he's had enough time in Tennessee to really uh, lead a winning team because the Titans coming into the season, I mean, they they had some momentum. They looked like they were going to be a pretty good team, but they've constantly just let you down, even in wins. I mean, uh, it sticks out in my mind. They're winning against the Browns. is one of the worst wins I've ever seen in the NFL football hmm. game. They looked horrific that game. I thought they were mm-hmm. going to lose. They should have lost. I mean, Mariota was missing wide open people. They were running the same play straight to the Browns offense. So I think Mike Malarkey is another guy that needs to go. I think the Titans need to take a new direction, try to get Mariota to get a coach that really likes him and that can develop him. Because I think Mariota is still a pretty good quarterback and has a chance to be a good NFL starter. I think he just needs the right coach, Perry. Yeah, definitely. And and just a few other situations to close. I mean, you know the Giants are going to be searching for a new head coach. Um, yeah. A, a couple of their fringe teams, um, people are saying they're not sure about John Fox in Chicago. Yeah, I also and then yeah. And then I also think maybe Jack Del Rio in Oakland, there have been some rumblings the last few weeks that he's lost the locker room kind of. And even though he had a great season last year and got a contract extension, apparently there are a few rumblings that, you know, maybe when they move to Vegas, they want to have a new young face as the head coach. And so they might, you know, might decide to move on from Jack Del Rio. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Jack Del Rio is, I mean, last year he was so risky with some of the calls he made. You know how many... Uh, fourth downs he went for it or plays that people were like oh this is the game right here if I mean it's it's a pretty risky call and they all seemed to go his way last year so he could already have been out of a job if those plays didn't go his way last year so uh, if Del Rio goes it wouldn't surprise me John Fox like you mentioned I think he he probably should go too in Chicago I don't think he's done a great job in handling uh, Mitchell Trubisky I think he babied him too much at first he didn't want to start Mm -hmm. him at first and I think he's a little too old school for this league that's getting younger, in my opinion. I think that, um, as we see, like we like to talk about all the time, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, some of these younger coaches in the NFL are making these exotic offenses and new looks and stuff like that. And Fox's era is a little predated, and he doesn't seem to be adjusting his game to the new game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So all these coaches could, could go and um, probably are going to go. So uh, a good look into that. On to our next subject, as we talk about a lot on this show, we talk about the Rams, and we haven't really talked about specifically Todd Gurley, and he's really been in the MVP contention all year, but he's had a recent spike, and it's really got a lot of people talking. Uh, Will Todd Gurley win MVP this season? Uh, 1,305 rushing yards, 13 TDs on the ground, 788 receiving yards, and 6 TDs through the air. I'm going to let you go ahead, Blake. Uh, Will Todd Gurley win MVP? You know, I think if if he plays next week and he he has, you know, one final game of success like he has over this past three-game stretch, I think he will be the MVP of the season. Um, Despite it being a quarterback-heavy league, especially with the MVP voting, um, you know, we've lost guys like Carson Wentz, Alex Smith has fallen off. The only guy that he's really standing up against is Tom Brady. And honestly, the past few weeks, Tom Brady has not been impressive to me. you know, Gurley is averaging 4.7 yards per rush and 12.3 per uh, reception. And in the last three games, he's ran for 366 yards, caught 16 passes for 225 yards, and scored eight touchdowns. Um, he had 276 yards from scrimmage um, against the, the Titans this past week. Um He's a little late through the MVP conversation. He went through a five-game uh, five game stretch of, you know, 75 rushing yards or less in November and early December, which um, was the time when Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, and Antonio Brown really dominated the MVP talk. Um, so he was he was an 
really overlooked, but he was just slumping while everyone else was kind of soaring. I mean, um, you say slumping. I mean, he had the receiving yards, too. It was like yeah. he was still getting mm-hmm. over 100 yards from scrimmage. It just wasn't like he was destroying everything on the ground. Exactly. And and a lot of this is in thanks for Sean McVay, you know, replacing Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher did not utilize his, his strong points, but Gurley, um, they've been doing a great job abusing his combination of size speed quickness and you know hurtling also and he gets he gets big plays on the perimeter and into the open field um and it Sean McVay's offense also has some of the best screen and sweep designs which really help out his offense so I really think you know in a quarterback heavy league it kind of favors Brady but Brady hasn't been impressive for the last few weeks and I really think that it's it should be Todd Gurley yeah it's funny you said the hurtling thing I I Todd Gurley seems to hurdle people more than any other running back in the league. When I every him, week. <laughs> every week he seems to hurdle one or two people. And, I mean, he makes it look really good because he usually lands on his feet. So, he, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's the MVP is usually a quarterback award. And I, I don't like that stigma. And mm-hmm. I think that Todd Gurley has done plenty uh, to show that he's worthy of this MVP award. Especially, like you said, Tom Brady has not been very impressive over the past couple weeks. And with all the injuries to the big-name players such as Carson Wentz, Antonio Brown now, it's really taken a lot of people out of contention. And I think Todd Gurley and Tom Brady are the only two real MVP frontrunners right now, and I think it's 50-50 which way it goes. I mean, depending on this last game, if Todd Gurley goes insane again, I definitely think he should win the award. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think Todd Gurley definitely has a shot at this award. And he probably should even win it. And I think it's good for the NFL if he does because uh, I think a lot of people are tired of seeing a quarterback win this award year after year. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it is true that a quarterback is, is a lot of the reason for success on a, on a team. Um, you know, Cam Newton a couple of years ago, Aaron Rodgers from time to time when he gets MVPs, you know, that those are well-deserving awards. He carries those teams. Yeah. Um, but but what Todd Gurley is doing is it's one of the great years for a running back. And, you know, especially because the team is winning, that has such another impact too. You know, they're in the playoffs. They're one of the top teams in the NFC and the NFL. So I really think that, you know, he deserves this award. And it, it will say a lot for the NFL to have a running back, you know, especially a young running back, um, win the award and kind of, you know, move himself into one of the, the faces of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, Adrian Peterson won this award a couple years back. Um I think that was the last running back to win it or player other than a quarterback to win it. So it seems like running backs are always a second choice, and uh, I guess wide receivers are a distant third, and mm-hmm. uh, defensive players even farther than that almost. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, an MVP award usually goes to the best player on the best offense usually. Uh, would you agree with that, you think, the well, best player on the best offense? Yeah, I mean, you know, Matt Ryan last year, that was the best offense definitely. Um, yep. The year before, Cam Newton with the Panthers, and the best offense is the Rams this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and I think Todd Gurley is the best player on the Rams. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think I think Jared Goff is having a great year too. I really do, and I think he's developed so much as an NFL quarterback. But Todd Gurley is really the catalyst that has gotten this team. He's done the most on his own, I think. Exactly. So I, I'm going to go with Todd Gurley, and uh, I really I I hope he wins MVP. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to our uh, next subject. So there's been plenty of teams that have done the opposite of what everybody thinks. That's just the nature of the NFL. What team's performance has surprised you the most this season? Um, I think the biggest surprise for me has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, hmm. And and really the the 
growth of Carson Wentz from year one to year two. Carson Wentz came out really hot at the beginning of his rookie year and then kind of slowed down. There was some arm fatigue at the end of the year. But, I mean, this year I was just shocked. I, I know they brought in Alshon Jeffrey, and that proved to be a great uh, a, a great addition to the team. I didn't expect it to be as, you know, paying off as well. And Nelson Aguilar has also, you know, grown a lot since, he, since his rookie year. Um, yeah, I, I have to say that the Eagles were the biggest surprise to me this year. I think Jim Schwartz has done an amazing job with the defense. Fletcher Cox is a monster in the middle. They got some other guys back there. The secondary is continued to improve as the season has gone along. And I think even because they're still finding wins without Carson Wentz, Nick Foles hasn't looked great, but you know, they're still, yeah, they're still winning games and you know, they're relying more on their defense now and the rushing game. And you know, yeah, that's the other thing, the running backs. I mean, they've got so many dynamic running backs, JJ, LeGarrette, Blunt, uh, Wendell Smallwood, they're missing Darren Sproles. Um, but that would even just be another guy. And then Corey Clement, um, so the Eagles, I think, are the biggest surprise me this year, and you know they have the best record in the league. So I, I've been yep. really impressed with them. Yeah, they they have been surprising, but I, I'm actually going to stick to the NFC East. I'm going to go with the Giants on the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team is two and thirteen. When a lot of people had them as a top ten uh, power ranking team coming into the season, I mean they pretty much had the same team last year with a couple additions that people thought were really going to help them out. I yeah. mean the defense. They still they were turning that amazing defensive line with Snacks Harrison, uh, plenty of other players. They had a great secondary, Landon Collins and Norris Jenkins in the secondary. I mean, this is a team that was oozing with talent. They even added Brandon Marshall uh, over the season. They added Evan Ingram through the draft, and they had Odell and Sterling Shepard with Eli Manning thrown to them. I'll be honest, as a Redskins fan, I was terrified of the Giants. I think a lot of teams in the NFC East were like, oh, the Giants could have a chance to run away with this one this year. Mm-hmm. But then after the first couple weeks, they just kept losing games, and they just kept losing games and kept losing games. And I feel like a lot of people still in the back of their mind were like, okay, they're going to turn it around at some point and at least be a mediocre team and at least get six wins on the season. A lot of people didn't have them as a floor of two wins on the entire season. A lot of people at least thought talent on this team would at least carry them to six wins. But they just haven't been good at all. And a lot of it's uh, dysfunction in the locker room. A lot of it's the organization as a whole – just uh, kind of imploding, but it's definitely the biggest surprise to me, and I I think the Rams are surprising as well, the Bills, the Jets, I mean, teams like that that have done better than uh, expected, but the Giants have been the biggest surprise to me just because how bad they truly have been this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the Giants thing, though, I give, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, just to injuries, they lost basically all the receivers in in, in the same two weeks, and yeah. And last year they were so good because of that receiving core, and it kind of disguised Eli Manning because they had so many great receivers that could do stuff after the catch, um, especially Odell. Odell's great when running after he catches the ball. And so, you know, if Eli only had to throw a two-yard slant and the next thing you know Odell takes it for a 50-yard touchdown, that makes Eli look a lot better than, you know, what he actually was. So he's regressed. But you're right, that defense was was shockingly um, disappointing this year. They have some great players on defense. They did lose Jonathan Hankins in the middle. Um, Landon Collins still had a decent year, um, but the defensive line was not as strong as it should have been. And another team that I also think was really disappointing to me was um, in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and oh, I definitely. guess, and, and that's a credit also for you know a really good NFC South. It's tough for you know teams to get wins in that division, but. I mean, I was a huge fan of Hard Knocks this year, and I really thought this was the big. It, it, I hate. That, I feel like this always happens to whoever, what, whoever is team. on. Yeah, the Hard Knocks teams. It's it's like the new Madden curse. It's it it's is. like whoever is on Hard Knocks just has a bad season, and 
you know, Jameis Winston, I, I was expecting to have a great season, um, and he really didn't, you know, he was banged up a little. I thought the defense was going to be improved. The defensive line was awful. They were one of the worst at pass rush. Um, you know, running backs didn't get it done, and Mike Evans even regressed a little this year. So uh, Tampa Bay was another team that was actually really disappointing to me. Yeah, and Tampa Bay was definitely disappointing. But the reason why I picked the Giants was because, I mean, they were a playoff team last year. They, they really were, and, and they could have won a playoff game, and they looked pretty good. I mean, Odell... Mm-hmm. Odell is such an amazing talent that defense was really the big draw. I mean, they were just such a good defense last year, and uh, they weren't bad this year, particularly on the defensive side. It just wasn't. They weren't creating turnovers. They weren't making the big plays that were they were making last year. Mm-hmm. And like you said, all the receivers got hurt at once, which really hurt them. And Tampa Bay has also been a disappointment, but at least they've won some games and have been in contention at times. And at, like it was just more of a question if they would turn around. The Giants just never turned around this year. I mean, yeah. they, they won a big game against the Chiefs, and that's one of their two wins. So that's half their wins right there. And they won against uh, who was uh, the Broncos when the Broncos were actually playing decently well. So the two mm-hmm. wins they have this year weren't particularly easy wins either. So it just shows the potential that the Giants had this year, and they just they fell flat on their face. Yeah, and and could that team you know turn it around just you know like and do the same thing next year, just opposite? Sure. I mean, I, I think it depends on who's at quarterback, um, who's healthy at receiver. You know, if Odell comes back, you know, 100%, that obviously makes the team a lot better when you have one of the best receivers in football. And, you know, the defense, you know, they got some young guys on there too. Um, hopefully, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul has a little bit better of a season. He didn't really do that great this year. But, um, yeah, yeah, they, the Giants could definitely turn it around and make things better next year. It's just, it was such a disappointment this year. You're, you're definitely right about that. And I do want to mention one other team. I said them for a second, but the Jets, I know they haven't mm-hmm. had a great season, but I just want to mention one more time how, like, they were a fun team to watch this year. They really were, in my opinion. For all the adversity they went through and all the projections predicting them to be one of the worst teams in the league, they really were not one of the worst teams in the league. They came to play every every week. I mean, they almost just beat the Chargers with Bryce Petty throwing ducks out there. I mean, Petty couldn't – he was bad last week. He I, I watched some of that game, and – he was missing wide open throws. There was one in particular. I saw a wheel route wide open. He saw him and just overthrew him by a mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, so the Jets they've outplayed themselves, and I think Todd Bowles deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah, and exactly like we didn't even mention Todd Bowles in this last segment. You know, yeah. I expected the Jets to be one of the worst teams in football, and I expected this to be Bowles' final season with the Jets. But with how great of a job he did at managing probably one of the worst rosters in football. Yeah. I think he definitely deserves to to stay there. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, their they, their defense, they made games so close. They almost, you know, they kept it close with the Saints. They almost beat the Patriots. It, it, it's, you can never count out that Jets defense. And they're all young guys. I mean, Darren Lee at linebacker, Jamal Adams and Marcus May at safeties. They've got some great young studs on defense. You know, they just need to find a quarterback. I mean, the thing is, I wish that they were more a more complete team right now. I really do. Mm-hmm. Because I think if Josh McCown had one more shot at it, he had a pretty good year this year. And oh, he, he had a great year. With, I'm saying if he, if he could replicate it for next year and they were a good all-around team, I, I think this team could go places. But like you said, I mean, like they're still missing too many pieces and McCown is so old that he really can't be the future. So uh, if they had one more year in them, then maybe. But uh, then they might even bring McCown back because that's what they did with Fitzpatrick a couple years ago, even though Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. was a little bit younger. Yeah. So, We'll see what happens with this Jets team. I just want to give them a shout-out because I thought that they uh, they really did play better than everyone expected. And 
I'm proud of the Jets. Definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, on to our final subject, and this one's a little touchy for me because I am a Redskin fan. I try to avoid talking like this uh, about other teams, but uh, Dak Prescott, as of late, he, he's been playing pretty bad, and a lot of people are questioning, maybe, is he a franchise quarterback? Is he the future going forward? Uh, does he get a pass for what's happened to the Cowboys this year? It's just been a uh, matter of their offensive line and receiving core has been playing. I'm going to go ahead and let you go first, Blake. Uh, do you think Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback? Um, do I, so do I think he is, I I think he is a franchise quarterback. He's someone that the Cowboys need to go forward with as their starter. Um, do I think he is going to have, you know, a sustained amount of success throughout his entire career? No quarterbacks, you know, it's the, the greatest of all time have sustained success year after year after year. And do I think Dak can do that? No, I think, I think a lot of the issues this year, you know, missing Zeke for six games is a huge thing. You know, he carried their offense last year. They were hoping he would this year, too. Um, in his absence, Dak did not look great at all. Um, but also, I think that they've had some of the worst play calling in all of football this year. Um, I didn't really like what Jason Garrett did with the offense. And I especially think in this past week um, against Seattle, they did a terrible job managing the game because through the first quarter, Zeke had about 50 yards rushing and they barely went back to him quarters two through four. I mean, you just got back one of the best running backs in football with some of the freshest legs in football. He had success in the first quarter and then you just abandoned the run game completely. That that makes zero sense to me. And it put Dak in a lot of, in a position where he looked vulnerable. They should have relied on the run game more and they should have relied on it more when Zeke was gone. There were a few games where Alfred Morris, Rod Smith, you know, they had decent games, but they, they put too much pressure on Prescott. I think, you know, while he, you know, you should be able to put pressure on your franchise quarterback and have him succeed. I think he is still in his second year as a pro and and I think needs just a little more grooming and a little more time before he can be counted on as much as they thought he could be. Well, first of all, I want to I'm going to read the stats he's had since uh this is since uh, Zeke was gone. This was the games he had. These are the passing yard totals for every game. 176, 145, 179, 179, 102. 332, I think I said 179 twice, just 179 once. 332, 212, and 182. The 332 game, he had a couple screen passes go a long way. I want to say that. Mm-hmm. So, And he had nine interceptions, only five touchdowns during that uh, during the span. And he, he scored a couple rushing touchdowns. But, um, yeah, and he only scored passing TDs in two games during seven-game span. Yeah. Uh, that just – that looks – Horrific for any quarterback to have a stretch like that, and I know that he's had some other problems, but that run game was still good. That game, run game was still good. While Dak was playing quarterback, uh, they still were averaging over four yards a carry. There was still, and he had no success. I mean, he he was just not playing well at all, and a lot of it. I, I think that he is a young quarterback, and that has a factor to do with it, but. I don't think that Dak is really the future of this franchise. I don't think that he's the quarterback that's going to um, be there for years. I think that if he takes another step back next year, he really won't be uh, thought of as that. And I think that um, uh, Zeke has mean, meant so much to this team. And I really did thought it was, um, it was bad when uh, Dak won Rookie of the Year over Zeke last year. Because mm-hmm. I thought Zeke clearly meant more to this team. But, um, yeah, I, I just... I want to root for him too because I, I actually do like Dak as a person. I think he's a good guy, and I think that he um, uh, 
he has some potential, but I think he's too inconsistent. And that pick six against uh, the Seattle, that, that was just a horrible throw. And I know the one ball that hit off of Dez and ended up being a pick two, that wasn't a great throw either. And I think that sometimes his receivers have bailed him out at times. A lot of people want to criticize the receiving core, but when Cole Beasley was getting wide open last year and Dez Bryant was getting open at times, Jason Witten and like the running game was working so well that his receivers were so open, nobody was complaining about the receiving core at that point. Now that they've had to actually be relied on a little bit without Zeke, uh, it really has come apart, and uh, I don't think people are talking about it as much as uh, I thought they would because everybody was questioning, oh, what does Dak look like without Zeke? And a lot of people have been giving him a pass, but he's he's looked really bad. He's looked really bad without Zeke over the past couple weeks. No, you're, you're definitely right. He has not looked good by any means. Um, but again, I, I just I really can't understand the play calling from Jason Garrett and his coaching staff. Uh, you have one of the three best running backs in football who just missed six weeks of action. He is he came back ripped out of his mind. I don't know if he saw the pictures of Zeke before he came back. He is jacked. He is healthy. And, yes, 100%. And they, they didn't use him. They used him in the first quarter, and they had success, and then they got away from it, and Dak looked – there was too much pressure on him. I agree. He has not looked good. But I, I wouldn't be ready to give up on him yet just because they have one with him and Zeke together. And I think they just need to to get the offensive game plan going back more towards featuring Zeke. Yeah, and you're 100% right. Zeke is one of the best running backs in the league by far. He's a tremendous talent. And the, the play calling is baffling. It, like, they had a lot of success on the ground with Zeke in the first quarter. Like everybody thought they would because he mm-hmm. came back, like you said, he was lean, he he looked like he'd been working out a lot. We saw pictures oh, yeah. of him down south, like where he was working out every day and everything. And he looked like a guy that was fresh coming off. And they did get away from it way too much. And it, it, there really is no excuse for that. I, like you said, Jason Garrett. We talked about pro coaches that could be fired. He won't get fired, but I think he should be at oh. least on the chopping mm-hmm. block. He definitely should. But Jerry Jones seems to have a love affair for him, so yeah, he's not going anywhere for exactly. the time being. So, yeah, the coaching staff has really baffled a couple of things over the past couple weeks, and I think they just were so comfortable with last year because everything was so easy. Everything Mm -hmm. was so easy for them last year. They had built up an unstoppable offensive line with a rookie running back that was amazing, tremendous talent, and Dak was getting the job done because he was in the perfect situation. So the Cowboys have not adjusted to anything that's been happening around them. They've just been throwing Dak out there every week and just expecting him to get better, which he isn't getting any better. So, no. yeah, the Cowboys do need organization needs some blame because they really have done a horrible job of adjusting. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that wraps it up for our subjects this week. We'll go into our game picks. And uh, last week I had my best week of the season going 5-0. and Well, Blake went 3-2. and And uh, as you all know, we were tied last week going in. So I now take a 27-18 to lead with Blake being 25-20. and hmm. Two games behind me now, uh, going into the final week of the season. It took a long time, but I finally caught back up, and uh, it, it's been a it's been a fun it's been a fun ride though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know I just like making things interesting for everyone here that's listening. You know, I, I came out started so hot, had a great lead. Everyone likes a good comeback story, um, yeah. so that's that's what I'm just giving. I'm giving the people what they want. Yeah, you, yeah, okay. You, you felt bad for me. Or- Exactly. Gosh, yeah, it's, it's all right. All right, all right. We'll go into our final picks. So we'll start with uh, our trash game of the week: uh, Texans versus the Colts. Uh, a game that really has no interest other than draft positioning right now. Um, who are you going to take, Blake? 
you know, I, ugh, I hate this because, you know, I, it would be the most Colts thing for me to pick against them and then them win. I don't want them to win. Like you said, you know, draft position is at stake. Unfortunately, the Colts now have the third overall pick. Um, and I would love if they could keep that. So uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. Um, I think the Texans, you know, they, they look terrible against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh is one of the best teams in football. Um, Indianapolis has no one in their secondary, and I think DeAndre Hopkins will have a field day against them. Um, and on the offensive side of the ball, Jacoby Brissett has had some good flashes, but it hasn't been consistent. Um, I think that's uh, I think the Texans win. I'm going to go with your Colts, man. I, I really I, I think that they're a little bit better as a team right now than the Texans because the Texans are so, so decimated because of injuries. I don't know who's going to go out there and play quarterback. Is it TJ Yates again? Or is it a Hennepin from uh, Old Dominion? Uh, I, I don't really know what's going on with him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the only thing I do know is he is amazing. I mean, that oh, catch unbelievable. Made, that was one of the best catches I've ever seen in person. That was so cool. I saw Odell's catch too. So, like, th- those are some of those plays that you, you stop what you're doing for a second, have to look at the replay at least 100 times. Yep. So, yeah, like, I think DeAndre Hopkins can have a field game against y'all, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I, like, I, like I say, I want the Colts to lose. I do think, you know, that Chuck Pagano's era with the Colts is coming to an end, so I guess I wouldn't be too upset if I saw him end his career in Indianapolis with a win. Yeah, no, that would be good. I, I personally, as a, a fan of the Redskins, I could never root against my own team, Blake. Oh, so. come on. <laughs> well, your team isn't as bad as the Colts this year, so, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, a be... Little, a step above. I don't know. If you had Andrew Luck, we might be uh, talking... Yeah, that's right true. <laughs> All right, let's go on to our next game. Uh, Carolina versus Atlanta. Atlanta has not looked good as of recent, and they really need some wins. Uh, Carolina has really solidified themselves as a legitimate contender. Who do you got in this one, Blake? Yeah, I'm going with Carolina, and I was, it was so weird. I was reading this article this morning... Um, talking about all the playoff scenarios if a few things go right for the Panthers they actually lock up um they lock up the division and I think I saw even if the Vikings end up losing that they get a uh, first round bye and you know for them sitting in the wild card this entire time just see them flip all of a sudden to the 2 seed that'd be crazy um mm-hmm. so I think uh like you said Atlanta's offense is still like you know I thought it had been developing but then against Tampa it was the same five plays. It was so predictable. Um, and a Carolina defense will eat that up. I, I got to go with the uh, got to go with the Falcon or the Panthers. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Panthers as well. I just Atlanta's offense has been a disappointment all season. Uh, they can't once again. Julio Jones getting the ball. I can't keep saying it. I need to talk to somebody in the organization to just. I, I don't. I don't know. They just don't get their best players the ball when they need it most. Uh, there was a situation. I read an article where. Uh, Matt Ryan threw an interception, I believe, when they um, were in a critical fourth down situation or something like that, and they didn't even Julio Jones on the field. He was on the sideline just watching, and the the guy that was taking his place was the one that ended up uh, getting thrown to, and he didn't make a play when Julio Jones probably could have made a play on the ball. So I just don't understand their strategy at times. It, It doesn't really make much sense to me. And I think the Panthers, they've, they surprised me because I really thought they were more of a pretender team that they would fall apart at some point. But, yeah. you know, they, they've done well, and I can't really deny it. I think Carolina's the better football team than uh, Atlanta, so I'm going with them. Mm-hmm. On to our next game. Uh, this game is a lot more interesting than people probably would have thought a couple weeks ago. Uh, Rams versus the 49ers. Uh, Jimmy G uh, uh, leading the 49ers to three straight wins. Who do you got in this one? 
you know, as long as the Rams play all their starters, like I think they, I mean, there's still some, some seeding on the line. Um, so I'm going to go with the Rams. Like I said, you know, I, Jimmy G, I was more than impressed when he tore apart what I consider one of the greatest defenses of all time. Um, yeah. He looked, he looked great. He's look, he looks amazing. They look like they could be a, you know, a great team next season. Um, but the Rams have one of the best offenses in football. They have one of the best running backs in football. They have a, one of the, you know, a great defensive player, Aaron Donald, um, some other guys on that team that I really like. And so I think right now, while both teams have the brightest futures, in my opinion, um, I'm going to stick with the Rams for now. Yeah. Um, this is the first week I'm going to have to do this, but I'm, I'm picking against Jimmy G. So I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with the Rams. Mm-hmm. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I think that this is going to be a great rivalry for some time. I think this is going to be a good game. Uh, we saw the first game between the Rams and the 49ers when I think Brian Hoyer was still the quarterback, and they put mm-hmm. up crazy amounts of uh, points on a Thursday night game when nobody expected much. So yeah. I, I think this is going to be a good game. But once again, I think the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL. I think they um, – have a great all-around game, and they're going to cause a little bit of trouble. I think Jimmy G still has a good day. I think he throws for a couple touchdowns. Still looks like the quarterback we all think he is. But, uh, yeah, I think the Rams pull away the victory in this one. Definitely. On the next game, Jaguars versus the Titans. The Titans desperately need a win if they're going to get into the playoffs after three straight losses and just not looking like a great team. And the Jaguars just lost to the 49ers, who uh, have a severe losing record. Who do you got in this one? Um. Yeah, I got to go with the Jags. I think, you know, I guess some teams need that loss towards the end of the season. I mean, Jacksonville, oh, okay. this, is the, this is their second loss since, I want to say, mid-October. Um, so they they had been a great team as of recent. And it, it's great for teams, like you said, you know, with the Eagles when they lost a couple weeks ago. Some teams need that loss right before the postseason to kind of, you know, set them back and, you know, get the coaches back in the in the in the uh, rooms, you know, designing new plays, figuring out, you know, adjustments that they need to make. Because when you're winning all the time, everything's great. And sometimes people come a little too complacent with that. And so um, I think this loss is actually kind of a good thing for the Jaguars. And I think they're going to come out and, and really beat down on the Titans and secure, you know, and, you know, maybe knock the Titans out of the playoffs. I like how you uh, spun their loss in a very positive way. I mean, I th- I think it is. It has to be. No, I mean, no, I hundred I agree with you. I'm just messing. With you. I just know that you like the Jaguars. And I do. Fans <laughs> this year, but you, yeah. you did it in a very professional way. It was a little sneaky in my opinion. <laughs> it, made, it made it sound like such a good thing they lost to the 49ers. Yeah, but yeah. I do think you're right that the Jaguars go out here and destroy the Titans. They are going to be probably pretty upset after what happened to them last week. And the Titans are not a very good team. They they just don't look good at all. Mariota looks terrible. I mean, the whole offense hasn't looked great. The defense doesn't look good either. I, I'm going with the Jaguars in this one. I, I think it shouldn't be close. Hopefully, I don't want the Titans to somehow slip into the playoffs. I don't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I don't want to so, see that either. Yeah, nobody, nobody really wants to see that. So, yeah, I'm going with the Jaguars. It would be much more interesting if uh, the Chargers can make it. I'm hoping that happens. And speaking of that, we're going on to the Raiders versus the Chargers. Uh, who do you got in this one, Blake? Um, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Part of it solely because, you know, if I get these two picks differently that you picked, we end up in the season tied, and I'm kind of crossing yeah, my yeah. fingers hoping for that. Um, I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the Raiders. They actually didn't look terrible against the Eagles. I mean, yeah, there were some moments that that last play, unfortunately, where there was the fumble and the Eagles scored on the last second. Um, 
you know, they didn't look bad against the, what I consider one of the best teams in football in the Eagles. And yes, the Eagles didn't have their best game by any means. Um, it, it would be the most Charger-like thing for them to blow this up, yeah. blow this win, just like they did in Kansas City a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we say that every time. Like, or it's like, yeah, we wouldn't go with the Chargers, but then, like, it's the most Charger thing for them to lose, though. Yeah, exactly. They, I, I expected them to blow out Kansas City Saturday night two weeks ago, and then they got blown out, like, 31-10. to 10. Yeah. So, you know, whenever I expect them to do something, they do the opposite, and I would expect them to beat the Raiders. And so, that being said, I'm going to stick with the – I'm going to take the Raiders in this. Yep, I'm I'm gonna go with the Chargers in this one. I think I really want the Chargers to make the playoffs. They they, they mm-hmm. have they look so good at times. They look like one of the best teams in the NFL at times. They have one of the best young uh, rushing duos in the league, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, that can get after any defense or offensive line. They can get after any quarterback. Uh, Antonio Gates has been making plays recently after Hunter Henry went down. I mean, he yep. had a couple good good catches and a touchdown catch this last game. Keenan Allen is still a great receiver. Uh, they have uh, Williams and uh, Travis Benjamin They have, and Melvin Gordon. I mean, they have so much talent on this team. And I, I think that they're just a better team than the Raiders, and I really hope that it shows this Sunday. So I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's uh wraps it up for this week. Um, uh, anything else to add, Blake? No, I hope everyone had a great Christmas yesterday. Everyone enjoyed the rest of their holidays. You know, have a good New Year's later this week, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Yep. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas, guys. See you next week.